Log Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Stud Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. The breakfast toast is served. It is a football Friday. Uh, I know we had a football Friday last week, but I think this is the official first football Friday when you have college football kicking off this weekend. It's already kicked off, but the real deal, the stuff we've all been waiting for, the, uh, the proclaimed best starting weekend of college football ever is here, Emil Calamino, and you've got to be excited. I'm excited. You know it'll be the best starting weekend of college football until next year, right? You figured that one out. But the game, let, right? You figured the game. Let's give them some credit. Let's give them some credit. Um, this is a pretty damn good lineup of games in this first week. Oh, it's week great. No, no, it's the best one. That. It's the best one that I I can remember at least. You know, I can't go back far enough. I remember when I was a kid, you'd see more of these interconference, intersectional games. It seemed back in the 70s, 80s. Uh, they stopped for a while with the playoffs and with the BCS. It seemed like we got a lot of, uh, you know, tune-ups, let's call them. And, and this weekend reminds me, I guess, more of my childhood. You know, I'm, da- I'm dialing back a while trying to remember. But I, I, I recall, you probably do too, when we were younger, we'd see more of these type of games. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, but, listen, in, in my memory, um, and I guess it might be a little short-sighted, uh, I think this is as good as it as it gets. But it started off last night, Emil, and let's really quickly just get into that. The big story out of last night was Tennessee, the number nine team in the country, having all types of trouble with Appalachian State, uh, ending up going to overtime, and uh, they pull it out 20-13. to 13, But they had every chance in the world to lose that football game against an Appalachian State team that uh, is famous for pulling off the upset but had no business um, – to the layman being in this football game. No, you know, I had a guy up here trying to tell me, well, you know, you got to remember it was their first game. And I'm like, well, well, it was Appalachian State's first game too. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it was both teams' first game. You're not supposed to get taken into overtime in front of 100,000 people at home as an SEC top 10 team in your opener. Yeah, That's not um, supposed to happen against Appalachian State. Sorry. If you saw the look on the fans' face there, they uh, side with you on that. A whole bunch of looks like, what the hell is going on? Uh, me included. I know App State's a good football team, and I think if you're a Miami Hurricanes fan, um, you gotta you got to take a second look at Appalachian State. I mean, that is a road game for the Hurricanes. A very uh, You'd hardly expect a team like the Miami Hurricanes to travel to Appalachian State, but that is going to happen a little later on in this season, and you might want to think twice about what's, how that game's going to go down. Better definitely have your mind wrapped around uh, Appalachian State being a very tough team. Even though they lost, I think they walked out of that game with a good amount of confidence, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. You know, that, that's a big confidence builder for them. I mean, it's, it's got to shake Tennessee. Now, you know, Tennessee can go in a couple directions. It's just one game. Uh, they, they can 
certainly improve on it. I mean, there's a usually a huge jump in college football between your first and second game because they don't play exhibition games as they do in the NFL. But, you know, to me, and I said this to you last night texting you, the, this is the last 10 years of Tennessee football, and until I see them beat someone that I consider significant, I'm just going to believe that they will find ways to lose those games. And, you know, the Tennessee homer will tell me about the, the Florida game and the Oklahoma game last year, how they should have, could have, would have won them, but they didn't. And until I see no, that. Uh, they did not. And that, you know, this is not the way you want to start when you have that kind of uh, reputation hanging over your head. So a uh, little bit of doubt there has to be stirring up there in Knoxville. Uh, other big story last night. Let me read this stat line to you. 17 of 23, 286 yards, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. 11 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns. That is Lamar Jackson's stat line from last night for the first half, Emil. That's absolutely out. It's amazing. I don't know if it's outrageous or ridiculous. Did Charlotte show up with their varsity football team last night? What the heck was that? Oh, when you told me that, I saw you post something about them playing Charlotte. I thought they were playing one woman named Charlotte. I mean, I didn't even know what what the hell was going on. It was fifty six nothing at the half. That is, is, uh, yeah, is Charlotte. Is that NC Charlotte? Is that what I what I, what I call them in basketball? Is that NC yeah. Charlotte? Yeah, okay. UNC Charlotte. I wanted to make sure. I mean, wanted to make sure. Did they send the basketball team? Is the question. You know. Well, uh, that's. Yeah, I mean that's that's just. Uh, uh, not a they good way to have. open up your season. Yeah, definitely. No, not but a good let me. Way let, I think obviously Louisville is going to be. I I thought coming into the year they'd be a pretty decent team compared to last year, especially offensively. Man, some issues last year offensively. Uh, it's hard to gauge these type of games and what to make of them. You, you just don't have enough, you know, to challenge that team. So I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know. We'll see when when Louisville plays somebody that we can get a better handle on what they're all about. I mean, obviously, it was an impressive stat line against Charlotte. Yeah, I don't know uh, what how much you get from a game like that, for crying out loud. I mean, when you look at it, 28 points in the first quarter, 28 points in the second quarter, and then they kind of obviously cruised from there, seven in the third, seven in the fourth. So I don't know how much Louisville learned uh, from that contest. I don't know how much we as fans or observers of the game can take from that, you know, contest, you know, so – well, you've um, always said that too. I mean, it's, it's just you know I, we understand, and you, you've been more understanding a lot a lot of times than I am of why these games are scheduled. But um, yeah, it's hard to gauge. I think hard to gauge anything from those games. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, the other uh, big thing to take out of last night was a uh, new place for Will Muschamp, and that's South Carolina. But you know, if you remember the end of his tenure with the Florida Gators, the the big thing was struggling on offense, and uh, nothing changed there uh, for for Will Muschamp at South Carolina. All types of struggles to get points last night. In fairness, he doesn't really have much of an offensive roster there with the Gamecocks, but nevertheless, um, did score enough to get himself a win last night as they eke one out over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt also a very tough defensive team, but uh, a real Yeah, you team, know, I was just going to say that. I was hoping you weren't going to laugh at me when I said it. But, but yeah, Vanderbilt's traditionally played decent defense, um, so that's the first thing. It's a road win in the conference. You say what you want, but those are hard to get in Power 5 conferences. When you win on the road, you're happy about it. Anybody can beat you at home. And, uh, you know, they showed something to me, you know, being down 10 nothing coming back. 
scoring scoring 13 unanswered to win a road game like that. And the kicker, what what a kick! I mean, <laughs> 54, 55 yards to win the game. You got to have balls to put him out there to attempt that, um, and then he goes ahead and nails it. So. You got to love that, yeah, and like you said, it is tough to uh, get that road win in the SEC, even against a Vanderbilt, because, you know, that's always a physical football game, and they're going to make you scratch and claw for everything. So uh, kudos to Will Muschamp and the staff over there at South Carolina opening up their uh, their tenure with a win at South Carolina. Any other big stories we need to take out of uh, last night's action I mean, there's some good quarterbacks. You know, like the first two nights of college football every year. You know, even if the Saturday isn't as good as this this Saturday happens to be, there are you know they're always a letdown to me. I don't get geeked about college football until the first Saturday. I I mean, tonight you got uh, I guess in name a decent matchup coming up with Stanford K State, but again, I'm not real high on K State going into the game, so they're going to have to show me something. Last night, uh, you know. You got games like I guess the Minnesota Oregon State game. You had Big Ten Pac-12. Uh, Minnesota won 30 to 23. I didn't catch much of it. I flipped through it a little bit. I watched a little bit of that. Well, South a little Carolina note game. from that game though. Uh, I did not watch it, but it's my understanding that late in the game, uh, Minnesota goes up 30 to 23 in the contest, and for some godforsaken reason, Minnesota attempted a two-point conversion, up seven points. Can you see the wisdom anywhere in making such a decision? You mean to go to go from seven to nine? Yes. Again, you're gonna again you're gonna laugh at me. This is the accountant in me. For years, I've advocated that, and this has always been my stance on that. If you think about, now, hear me out. If you make it, the game is over. You know, basically, you'd have to have a complete meltdown. You're up two scores, nine points. If you miss it, as Minnesota did. Okay, they're going to score anyway. Oregon State, and ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, if they score, they're kicking the extra and sending it into overtime. Conversely, have you had you made your extra point? You're up eight. The other team still has a shot to send the game to overtime anyway by hitting a two point conversion, which is probably a fifty fifty proposition. So if you're a coach, you're basically saying, "I'll I'll take my off." I want to end the game. I want to try and end the game right now. I want to end the game. I want to end the game. I don't want to figure out if my defense can stop a fifty fifty play. From from three yards out or two yards out, whatever they do in college, I think it's three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll I mean, I, I, I've way. actually it said doesn't seem ad yeah. asinine, um, but you know, it was much of the talk when. Do you uh, see where I'm going there? I'm a person who likes that as much. You know, we all know we won't get into philosophy here. We only have so much control in this world that we're in. But I've always been somebody that says the things I can control, I like to control, and. In that case, I can control the play I'm going to call and basically ending the game versus sitting there, you know, with my nuts in my throat waiting for my defense to get a stop. And then if they don't do that, hoping they can stop a two-point play. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Um, it it's, you know, I can understand that kind of thinking. There were 25 seconds left in the game when uh, Minnesota went ahead and I believe got that score. No, I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong now, on that, but, but here's where check. I will say this, and here's where you got to be careful. And this is this is what when you do these kind of things, the two point play is is a live play. So where you can really get yourself in a little bit of a, and obviously the extra point's a live play too. I understand that, but the two point play you can get yourself in a pickle if you don't instruct your quarterback. Listen, 
I don't want you just throwing the ball up in the end zone. If there's nothing there, we'll miss the two-point conversion because if you throw it up in the end zone and some guy returns it, now what goes from the worst we can do is go into overtime. Now we're up five points only. And if they throw a Hail Mary, well, they beat you. Well, now you're calling so, for like a major disaster there. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about that one. Well, but, but we, uh, we, we, we've seen major disasters. Remember, Auburn returned a, a missed field goal 109 yards a few years ago against Alabama. We've seen disasters. We've seen the Miami-Duke game last year. <laughs> okay, we've seen disasters. Those are rare oddities, and I feel like when they happen, um, you were supposed to lose the game. You know, it was just that was what was supposed to happen. But nevertheless, you mean like right, Michigan? We, uh, Michigan not being able to get a punt off last year. Come on, you don't want me to keep going. We'll turn the show into an hour of Amel naming college yeah, football. Yeah, true, true that. True that. So probably need to stop right there. Nevertheless, yeah. Minnesota does pull off the thirty to twenty-three win over Oregon State uh, to to kick off the season. Well, listen, on the show today, we are going to continue with our NFL predictions. We did the NFC last week, and uh, we are going to do the AFC. No, actually, we did the NFC on Monday. I'm all over the place. We did the NFC yes. on Monday. Today, we are going to finish up with the AFC, tell you who's going to be the AFC champions, and uh, then we will have our Super Bowl uh, game all set out for you, as we do every year. And also, it is college football time, and you know we do our predictions every week here on the Gridiron Stud Show. So the first week of that comes up. Emil will pick his three college football winners. I'll pick my three college football winners. And then... Um, you can enjoy your weekend the way that you need to enjoy your weekend. It's not going to start until we lay those picks down. I hope everyone understands that. And then coming up in the next hour, we'll talk high school football here, the state of Florida high school football with uh, Florida HS football from Twitter. Uh, all right, you know, that's the Twitter handle. I'm Listen, man, I'm a, I'm a mess right now. Probably a good time to take a break. But we can't take a break without – talking about Colin Kaepernick. He continues to dominate the headlines. And uh, once again, there was a preseason football game last night for which he sat during the anthem. And it turns out that we had some, uh, we had some other folks that sat last night. What do you think about people joining him on this? You know, what, you know what bugs me more is people that are, you know, I'm not a fan of what he's doing per se. I, 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 would, I would stand always during the national anthem. But that said, we live in a country that allows you the right to do this. People are constantly, constantly saying, well, we can protest, but we need, we need a, you know, peaceful protest. There's nothing more peaceful than not opening your mouth and going in a corner, okay? Let him do what he's going to do. Now, I, I personally think he's essentially signing his um, NFL death warrant, so, so to speak. I mean, let's face it. If the national anthem played and Tom Brady sat on the bench, he could take a dump, and I put that on your page yesterday. Sure. And he's going to play because there's different rules for your talent level. And Jimmy Johnson always said that. You know, no two guys right. have the same rules. Colin Kaepernick's become an average to below average NFL quarterback. So the rules are going to be different for him than Tom Brady. And that has nothing to do with color or anything else. The rules are different for Cam Newton. Cam Newton could take a dump as well, and he's going to play. Yeah, um, we know this. Uh, it really just goes down to your level of performance. But listen, without this, uh, what do you think? Colin Kaepernick would hang out on NFL rosters? He's hardly that type that would get those continued opportunities. It's really not how that has worked from this, you know, uh, in the history of the NFL. Um, these type of quarterbacks don't just get to hang out on rosters. So I think no, he's looking he's at it like. Guy, he's, no, he's not a guy who's going to hang out. I will give him credit for one thing. While I disagree with his position and what he's doing, 
he is putting his money where his mouth is. He said he's going to donate the first million he made this he makes this year. Now that's a caveat that I would need to understand his contract because maybe he's going to make nothing this year, but he says he's going to make the first first million. Yeah, he that's all out the window if he gets cut. No. Well, I, I mean, maybe works. he gets, maybe he has some deferred money coming from his bonuses and stuff. So I don't know. That's what I said. But but maybe it's a way a to bucks, stay on the roster, Emil. Pardon? Maybe it's a way to stay on the roster. He could. I don't. Forty Nineers going to look head. bad if they cut him now after that little announcement. <laughs> after that little. Yeah. Well, I, listen. I don't pretend to know. I think we're, we may be giving him credit for being a little smarter than he is. I, I'm not so sure. There's anything other than the guy feels a certain way. Uh, and that's that, but um, whatever. If he puts his money where his mouth is, I'm a little bit more uh, tolerant toward him because it's like, hey, you're doing something about it. For me, it's like that's, you know, people are saying, well, he's he's not doing anything. Well, in his mind, he is, and he certainly got the attention of the country. So he got what well, he wanted, you know right? What? It and, sounds to me, it sounds to me uh, on the surface like he's been pretty good with his money. First to make that move. Um, that he made initially, which could put your career in jeopardy. Um, I, I think not as much as folks would like to think, but yeah. Um, and then to now say you will donate a million dollars for the cause, uh, sounds to me like he probably uh, is, has been pretty smart with the millions upon millions he's made in the NFL. So more to see on that. We need to take a break. When we get back, it's predictions time. AFC East and AFC North will be predicted by both Emil and I when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Sure, summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. 
Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridEyeStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. East Coast time here on a football Friday. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino talking uh, predictions. We got to do the AFC. We did the NFC. Got to do the AFC. Got to know who's going to be in this Super Bowl matchup. So we need to jump right into this thing because time is short on a football Friday. AFC East, Emil, uh, who's going first? Is it me? Is it you? Should we flip a coin? I'll go first in the East. You go first in the North. We'll rotate, okay? Yeah, you know, before we jump into all these, there's no way you and I are going to be the same on this. I know I've said that before, and we end up being the same. I've got. Wait, who do we both people. have? Let's recap. Who do we have for the Super Bowl? I have Cardinals going from the NSC, and you put the Seattle Seahawks in there, correct? Yes, I put the Seattle Seahawks into this thing, and um, I've got someone going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC that hasn't been there in quite some time, so... Uh, let's see where we are on this. All right, hit us up. What do you like in the East? Okay, in the East we'll go uh, like we like to go uh, bottom to top. And, you know, unfortunately, folks, you people listening down in the South Florida area, I'm glad you're not getting the, the brunt of this hurricane. But that said, you're going to get a hurricane from me because I just don't see the Miami Dolphins having a very good year. Um, I'm not a big Tannehill fan. Anyone who's listened to the show knows I think the Dolphins were foolish to use a top ten pick on him. And, you know, Lamar Miller's gone. I know they still have the kid they got from Boise. What did you say his name? Adai? Uh, Jay? Ajay. Is that his Ajay. name? Adai. Okay. Uh, that said, I, I've got the Dolphins as basically a 6-10 and 10 football team. I, I, I don't see good things this season for the Miami Dolphins. Mm. Then I uh, slide, slide back up into with the home team. Yes, yes. And then I slide up into my uh, my three-hole. And this team just has the feeling of 8-8 of eight and eight to me, and that's the Buffalo mm. Bills. They've got some players in Buffalo. They really do. They have some some really upper echelon talent in different spots. Once again, on this. But until they straighten out quarterback, you know where I where I feel comfortable with it. I I can't go any higher than eight and eight on the Buffalo Bills, and that's also because I feel there's two teams above them in this division that you know they're going to play four games against that I think they could lose three or all four of them, and that's my you know let's go get to my number two team here. Uh, getting Fitzpatrick back was huge for the New York Jets. Um, I like what they've done there. They play good defense. They have a you know a hell of a defensive line. Um, they they play physical football. Uh, Fitzpatrick seems to just do enough. I've got them as a ten and six football team. I think they're going to be very competitive in that division, and I think this division might be a lot closer than most people expect. Now, obviously, anybody at home can figure who I have in first place, and until shown, you know, otherwise, I'm going to always put the New England Patriots in first place here until I see a reason not to. Maybe Brady retires someday. I know he misses the first four games. I'm comfortable that Belichick will figure out a way to win three of them, maybe two. Even if he's 2-2, two and two, he gets Brady back. I've got New England as an 11-5 and five football team in winning uh, the AFC East by a game over the Jets. I'm sitting here absolutely positively laughing how – in the world does this happen? Um, we might as well move on to the north, man. We might as well just do that. <laughs> You're chuckling, right? 
I'm laughing while you're doing this, but uh, <laughs> listen, there's only one small change that I have. Uh, but getting, you know, not to just be totally redundant, I've got the Dolphins at the bottom of this uh, division at 6-10. and 10. Um, Listen, I've just never bought into the whole Tannehill thing. I know that will upset at least one of our callers um, who's a Tannehill fan. For what reason? I have no idea other than to I just think he's an antagonist. But nevertheless, um, I have them at 6-10. and 10. Just not a whole lot to, to look forward to there. The secondary depleted has not looked good in the preseason. No reason for me to believe that they'll come alive when the regular season comes around. There's no hardcore running game for me to get excited about. Um, for you to close out games should you even have uh, very many leads late in a football game. I don't know how you're going to close them out. Um, Tannehill improved last year, but not enough for me to say that he's one of the guys in the NFL that could win football games um, for you. And I just don't think that they have enough around him to where he wouldn't need to have to do that. Uh, The receiving core, okay, but nothing that exciting. Um, the Dolphins have played decent defense over the years, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Six and ten is what I think. Buffalo's an eight and eight football team. I could go on forever about it. They just seem eight and eightish. Um, they're not terrible. Um, no major holes. They're just not very great at everything. They're just an average football team every which way you look at it. Average at the coaching position. Average on defense. Average on offense. Average is eight and eight in this football. Uh, league and so I've got them at eight and eight. That brings us to New England and New York. And which way do you go? You know, I actually had the Patriots at eleven and five, but factoring in the whole Brady not going to be there uh, for the first four games, I think they lose a game. They probably win with Brady. So I put them at ten and six. As I have also put the New York Jets. I just have the uh, Patriots winning uh, on the tiebreaker. So uh, ten and six for both of these teams. I agree with you. Fitzpatrick is not sexy. <clears throat> And, you know, a lot of folks made some jokes about him being a contract holdout. But the truth of the matter is he's the best quarterback for the New York Jets right now and uh, gives them the best chance to win. The Jets are pretty solid in a lot of areas. Uh, not one of the sexy teams in the league, but they are 10-6 and six worthy. So I think both them and the Patriots are 10-6 and six football teams. But I think the Patriots win on the tiebreaker. So give the uh, East to the Patriots ever so slightly. What do we got in the North? Well, you go first, so we make sure we're not, you know, so people are convinced that if we have to end up the same here, nobody will think we're doing it intentionally. I think we've got a two-team race in the north. Let me talk to you about the two teams that are not in that race. First, we're going to have the Cleveland uh, Browns, as no one should expect them to be in the race. I do, though, however, you know, the Browns have been a 4-12, a 5-11 and type football team over the last few years. I think they're um, a better team this year, just not good enough to you know write home about. I think they're a seven and nine football team. I think RG three might be um, a good pickup for the Cleveland Browns. I think he's going to bring something to them that they haven't had in the last couple of years. If Josh Gordon can stay out of trouble, I think that really really helps this football team. But outside of that, the Browns are just the Browns, and that means another year below five hundred. I do like them to be 7-9, and nine, though, so call it that. And what's crazy is I think they're going to have the same record as the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens continue to move each year a step away from the Super Bowl championship team uh, that won it in Ray Lewis's last year. They just, where they've been so good with the roster in years past, they just don't seem to be that currently. And that roster is starting to smell a little. It's, it's getting closer to Tennessee. Uh, it's getting closer to the Titans than it is to 
you know, any other teams that have stacked up some players and uh, have the talent there. So uh, I'm just not feeling good about Baltimore. It good, it's, you know, it's great that you have Joe Flacco back there, but you just not enough around him for Baltimore to be dynamic this year. So who do we have at the top? Cincinnati and Pittsburgh are your two teams. I think it's going to be much like the East where you've got two teams probably with the same record. I think Cincinnati, you know, people don't love Andy Dalton. And, yes, he's not, He's you know, Andy Dalton's biggest problem, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Aaron Rodgers. But he has been good enough to keep this team, a Cincinnati team, above board for the last few years. Playoff contenders been able to do that. I think they take a step more, I think they take a, a longer step in the right direction this year. And I like them uh, to be 11-5, and five, which is also what I feel the Pittsburgh Steelers will be. I just think the uh, Bengals win the tiebreaker. The Steelers, um, you get your weapon back out of the backfield. Um, it, you, you sorely missed him last year. Ben Roethlisberger, um, you got to take it year by year and see what he continues to give you. He continues to make things happen back there. Um, you got Antonio Brown. You have all those weapons on offense. I just wonder on defense exactly what Pittsburgh is going to be. Are they... Are they going to be what they've been in the past? You know, they're getting a little long in the tooth over there, so I'm a little worried about that. Nevertheless, saying all that, I still think they're going to have a great year at 11-5. and five. I just I think they fall a little bit short in the north. What do you think? Well, it's easy to always put the mistake by the lake in last place. So, you know, we, we start <laughs> off at least we're agreeing there. Um, <laughs> but I don't see Cleveland making a, mark, a, a very big improvement in wins and losses. You know, I was an RG3 fan coming into this whole thing when he got drafted. Um, he's going to have to show me that he's fixed uh, the things that plagued him in Washington. And again, it's, they're in a tough division, and I just don't see much of an improvement. matter of fact, I have him winning only four games this year, being 4-12. and 12. Um, mm-hmm. Just not sold, and God forbid he gets hurt. I'm not sure what they do. So I, I, I just can't see Cleveland playing the three teams above them winning enough games to get much more than four or five wins. So I'll put them at 4-12. and 12. And this is where we park company a little bit in third place and with a winning record, by the way. I've got the Bengals at 9-7. and seven. Um, Yeah, Dalton's done some of the stuff you said, and I can't disagree with you. But there's just, to me, something missing there because I think they have more talent than they play to every year. And at some point, that catches up to you, and maybe this is the year they just kind of throw out a, an average season. And I kind of have a feeling they're going to be 9-7 and seven because my second-place team on tiebreaker – I have the Baltimore Ravens at 9-7. and seven. And where you and I differ on, on them is I agree with some of your assessment in that the roster seems to be getting a little stale and whatnot. But they had a ton of injuries last year. I mean, they, they were the Dallas Cowboys of the AFC last year. I mean, they, they just had all kinds of bad things happen. If you go back and review their schedule, they lost a lot of games in the last minute or two. And it just made for a horrible year, but they never quit. I mean, I remember watching them last year saying, even when they put backup quarterbacks in there that were terrible when Flacco was out, I was like, you know, they're playing hard, and that's the thing I like about Harba. His team's going to play hard. They they get these guys back this year. I have a feeling it's going to it's going to make for a nine and seven football team, edging out Cincinnati for second place on tiebreakers. I've got the Steelers winning this division. Matter of fact, I've got them winning this division easily. At twelve and four, I, I like what they what they're doing in Pittsburgh. Uh, if the defense can just be good, it doesn't have to be uh, steel curtain great like old Steelers. I think the Steelers can run away and hide because offensively, 
um, they're going to be a handful every week. Uh, Bell's a complete running back. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. We know what Antonio Brown can do. Um, Ben Roethlisberger is a mother to bring down when you have to sack him. He makes plays. He escapes sacks and and gets the ball 40 yards downfield. I just like the Steelers to kind of run away and hide in this division at 12-4. and All right, so you have Pittsburgh winning the division. I have Cincinnati winning it. Uh, It's good to have some opposition here in our picks. Uh, You're not going to believe what I'm talking about in the AFC South, so I think you better go first before I drop this bomb. Uh, I have a feeling what you're going to drop. I think it's going to be a load no, you of you couldn't possibly. You, you couldn't oh, I do have a feeling of what you're going to drop. I know you. Well, let's see. Okay. well, let's see what you got for us. I'll go first. Uh, in last place, I have uh, my favorite team, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, yeah, I know they committed to running the ball, and they got DeMarco Murray, and they got Henry, and they got – Marietta, but until I just see a team, this team do something, I just can't pick them to win more than five games. Okay, I, I can now name probably ten players on the team, which is a good thing. Uh, but again, to me, they're still Tennessee. Uh, you're chuckling, so this is probably who you're picking to win the division because I know you. But anyway, uh, you like running games, so they may run the wishbone there. That'll make you happy. But I have the the, the Titans at five and eleven. Um, in third place, I've got everybody's darling uh, that they love this year, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, they've had a, an excellent offseason. Jacksonville I know. getting out of the cellar. Wouldn't that be great? Getting out of the cellar, they, they are, and I know they've got Miles Jack, and he should be a good player at least until you know that, that long-term condition bothers him. But from what I understand, his knee's healthy right now, and uh, Ramsey and all that good stuff, and Bortles should improve, and they've got two good receivers, and I still have them winning six games, okay, because they only get to play six games in this division, and uh, I, I don't see enough of well, I don't see enough of an improvement for me to say I'm going to jump this team from five or six wins to ten because again. It, it looks like a six-win team to me. The NFL is about the quarterback, and until I see Bortles going out there and playing quarterback at an NFL level consistently, I'm not giving them more than six wins. Um, in second place, and it's by default, actually, a team that I'm not in love with at all, um, I think they're soft. I, I got the Indianapolis Colts at 7-9. and nine. The, This team to me is one of those teams that wins three or four games if it wasn't for Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. He's what makes them entertaining at this point. They 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 always struggle running the ball. Um, they don't play a hell of a lot of defense. They don't get any push in the offensive line. Uh, it's, it's just a seven and nine team. That's what, it. Just reeks of seven and nine to me. Which mm-hmm. obviously, for those following along at home, leaves the <laughs> Houston Texans as the AFC South champions at ten and six. Uh, you know, quarterbacks a little on. Yeah, they're a little unsettled there, but, man, they have a good defense. They just have a really good defense, and I love defense, and I love what Bill O'Brien does down there. I think he's a very good coach, maybe even a little bit underrated if you look what he's done with the quarterbacks he's had the last couple of years. So, for me, they're a 10-6 football team, and uh, they, they win this division by, what, three games in my mind. 10-6 and six for the Houston Texans. Uh, what were they last year? I don't even remember. What they end up being? Uh, here you. I'll pull it up last year as we sit here because I'm that kind but of guy. But look at the look at the puke that you have the uh, AFC South as three losers, um, two real big losers. 
Uh, and this is a team that has to have a you okay. Know, well, here was this division last year. Just so nobody gets Houston was nine and seven. The Colts were eight and eight. Jacksonville was five and eleven, and Tennessee was three and thirteen. It is a puke division. What do you want me to do? Yeah, pretty much is a puke division, and I'm heading in that direction as well. I'm more puke than your puke for the AFC South. So here's how I have this thing going. At the bottom of the cellar, they're going to show some improvement. I just, just you got to overcome your history a little bit. Um, and uh, their history is long uh, with despair for Jacksonville. I do like, however, how they've uh, starting to put together a roster there. I just don't think they're ready to take that next step. I have them as a 6-10 and 10 football team, as you do, but I got them in the bottom uh, of the can there in this one. Uh, your first-place team, I like them to suck uh, as well this year. As also, I, the Houston Texans, I just – yeah, they might have a good defense. They just find ways to lose football games and do things that's um, going to cause them to uh, take L's. I think that continues. Um, Brock Osweiler breaking in a brand-new quarterback there. Uh, maybe he is the guy. I have no idea. I'm just not very sure. Too much uncertainty at that quarterback spot for them till someone steps up and becomes a guy there. I'm uh, I'm going to have to put them near the bottom in this thing. So I have them. Um, as a also a six and ten football team, how about that? Amon got them at six and ten. So you got them at ten and six. I have them at six and ten. Again, I like the little bit of opposition that we have there. Um, it's a, I'm a little bit amazed, but not that you have Indianapolis as a seven and nine football team. You know the the mainstream media out there really loves this Andrew Luck guy, and I think you and I have pointed it out on it. He's so fortunate to be in this pukey. Um, conference uh, because you know he he's able to pile up wins but that's going to get harder and harder every year some of these guys get tired of being in the bottom and the rest of the, the uh, division starts to improve i think that starts showing up this year i also have the indianapolis Colts as a seven and nine football team this year now Emil, i have made fun of this next team quite a bit we both have saying we've got no idea who the heck is on the Tennessee Titans roster. And while they haven't completely overhauled it overnight with uh, all, all all pros, um, I like the direction that they're headed in. You know what really got me? I looked at this team last year. I looked at you know, the games that they played with a rookie at quarterback, by the way. Right. A rookie at quarterback, um, they were – some a lot of these losses that they took were very close losses at Buffalo 14-13, you know, Atlanta 10 to 7. They lost games like that. And then they were able to really show some moxie on the road against New Orleans. Um they go out and fight really hard in 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 you know, a game at Indianapolis. Um so I like that because you're bringing this guy Mariota back this year. He's going to obviously be a better quarterback this year. Plus you've you know, continue to upgrade the running game. You can play good enough defense. I think in this conference, um, if you can run the ball, you're competent at quarterback, and you can play some defense, um, you got something going. I like them to win the conference. But at 8-8, eight and eight, I'm not overly crazy about the Tennessee Titans. I just think they're good enough in this sorry con- uh, division to win it and go 8-8. Eight and eight. So that's me. I got Tennessee. You've got Houston. We're going to take a break. When we get back, the AFC West is up on the Gridiron Studs Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. No matter how hard you try, you can stop us now. 
No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiations and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Football season's here and you want yourself set up for the weekend. Well, the Gridiron Stud Show is the place to be. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. and get the best picks in college and NFL football from Chad Wilson and Emil Calamino. They'll break it down for you, give you a little analysis, and a little intelligence. You could do that, or you could do this and listen to this. Hey, call me now. I've got the templates for the entire weekend. Call me now on a recorded message that will give you free the Jets versus the Bills, the Lions versus the Cowboys, and the Eagles versus the Bucks. Call me now. I've got winners for you the entire weekend. Absolutely free. 1 800 238 I win. 1 800 238 I win. I've got all the inside info from all the casinos that are those tickets. Call me free. I've got all the winners. Give them to me. I got them to you. You get them. You got them. I got them. We all got them. No need for that foolishness. Gridiron Stud Show every Friday, 10 a.m. Chad Wilson, Abel Calamino give you their top picks in college and NFL, and we win without all the foolishness. No spitting, no yelling. Top plays every week. Tune in every Friday, 10 a.m. Gridiron Stud Show, Blog Talk Radio, hosted by Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. See you there. 
this be the self-self-nature. Gotta love the funeral music in the background of that uh, <laughs> handicapper promo. <laughs> Did someone die there? Did someone die? All right, we're back here, 1043 on the East Coast here. Gridiron Stud Show, Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino, and we're continuing on with our NFL predictions for 2016. We just wrapped up the East, the North, and the South, so that leaves us for a very interesting Western division Um I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. So I'm going to go first in this one. I think this is going to be a pretty average division this year. In fact, I've got two teams with the same. I've got every team uh, between one or two games here. So uh, let's start off with the bottom. And this is going to be crazy, folks, absolutely crazy. I'm nuts today. I must have drank before I put this together. You remember that team that went to the Super Bowl last year and they won it? They raised the trophy. They raised the Lombardi. Yeah, I do. Um yeah, I've got them last in the AFC West this year. Um, I just am not feeling it with the Denver Broncos. And I'd love to say it's all about the quarterback, but we all saw Peyton Manning last year throwing ducks out there that needed to be shot. But, you know, sometimes it's really not even about the throws. It's just some of the decisions you make or just some of the confidence that you feel when you have a certain guy at quarterback. Um, you know, and he's just done it for so long. And I think that's fueled Denver uh, quite a bit last year, especially through the playoff run. They don't have that this year. May I interject uh, for a second? Yes, sure. the balls he threw were ducks, but sometimes the best balls a quarterback throws are the ones he decides not to throw, and exactly. that may be the that big too. difference. Yeah, decision-making is probably the biggest thing for me on the quarterback uh, tool belt. And, uh, you know, Peyton Manning uh, was definitely a, a very good decision-maker for the Denver Broncos last year, as he was most of the, of the time in his career. I think missing that back there and with what they are talking about going with, I think they're going to suffer uh, a little bit there. And then you know what? The Broncos uh, eked out a lot of games last year. I don't think they're going to, you know, it's going to work out for them in that way. So as crazy as this may sound, your Super Bowl winner I have finishing last in this division uh, at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, that's a good way to finish. Um, I don't know if that sure. happens very often or if it could even possibly happen, but your last place team's 8-8. Eight and eight. So part of the problem for Denver is going to be that I think the rest of this division is going to be pretty solid. Uh, next up is Oakland. Even though I, you know, I love the Oakland Raiders and uh, the direction that they're heading in and what they're doing with the roster and just the little moves that they're making, uh, I don't think there's a big leap forward, a, a smaller move forward for the Oakland Raiders, which if you're a Raiders fan, it's probably what you want probably better long term i think they're a nine and seven football team that finishes just below the san diego chargers who uh, i have them finishing second in this division also at nine and seven but i i also feel like they're uh an organization that's slowly moving in the opposite direction and uh, you know i don't know what their plans are for when philip rivers is gone but they better have something well now i know that you had a bloody mary this morning with your breakfast but go ahead yeah um, so I think, listen, I can go either way on Oakland and San Diego, to be quite honest with you. Oakland's moving in the right direction. San Diego's not. Just somehow I feel like San Diego's going to pull it off and get second in this division. It won't really matter, though, at 9-7 and because neither one of those teams are going to the playoffs. I've got Kansas City winning this thing. Your old boy, uh, Andy Reid there. I know you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. You love them so much. But nevertheless, he's not with the Eagles anymore. He's with the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, I happen to like the Chiefs, man. You know that. I know that. I just think they play a pretty solid brand of football. People have always been down 
Uh, on the quarterback situation there, I think they're going to do enough there to win some games, and I like Kansas City at 10-6 and six to win the AFC West. How do you see this thing? Essentially not much different except for a few minor tweaks in between. First of all, I don't know what, you know, God love you with that San Diego pick. This this organization is an abject disaster. Okay, They go and they draft the guy third and basically have a contract holdout. Those things went by the way of the dodo bird with the last collective bargaining agreement. Nobody has a contract holdout anymore, but the San Diego Chargers do. The Chargers went 4-12 and last year. They were outscored by 78 points. Their quarterback didn't miss a start. They drafted a running back who got 3.5 yards a carry. That's Melvin Gordon. And uh, I want to know who he's going to throw the ball to. Keenan Allen, their number one receiver, averaged uh, a little under 11 yards a catch. This team's going to be 4-12 and again. Are you kidding me? I should listen, put you aside that if they win nine games. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I mean, having said all those things, they lost by five points at Cincinnati. They lost by four to Pittsburgh. They lost by seven at Green Bay. They yeah, lost by that's three the NFL. at Baltimore. You, you were quoting no, Tony Romo no. for three weeks last year. You, Tony Romo, every game comes down to the last seven and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, and some people totally blow it and lose by two touchdowns. These guys seem to know um, how to hang around in a game. But, hey, wait, it's your pick. We're going to figure out. Now, you've given me a cause for the NFL this year. We're figuring out a side bet between now and Monday to make on on the Chargers win total. Okay? Well, we'll, I digress. Let's go to number three. You and I see Denver exactly the same way. what would you say they are? Are you saying they're 4-12 again this year? 4-12. Write that down on your little sheet there. Okay. Somewhere in between 9-7, and and 4-12, we'll come up with an over-under. Yes. Denver, uh, I've got them at 8-8 eight and eight as well. I think, you know, people are uh, kind of putting a little bit too much stock in, well, they can just win with their defense. Guys who had phenomenal years for them, like my old friend DeMarcus Ware, he's getting a little long of tooth. You know, he's 34, 35 years old. Guys are getting up there. You're asking that defense to do a hell of a lot to carry a team uh, to another division title when they have a – I don't even know who's playing quarterback. I saw it the other day come on my phone. I didn't know the guy's name. I mean, they have – it's just you can't play in the NFL when you just you, – you know, you don't have a quarterback, okay? Mm. Um, Very true. So I can't see them winning more than eight games like you. Got them at eight and eight, which leaves me to the number two team in this division. I see the Raiders – making a little leap here forward a couple games and going 9-7. and seven. I like what Oakland's doing as well. They seem to have put the pieces together. They have a solid quarterback, uh, a, a big back in Murray. Uh, you got to love Cooper. Uh, defensively, Mack is a load. Okay, so they've, they, they've got talent there. Um, again, I don't think the division is great, so I could see the Raiders easily going 9-7 and seven and sliding into the two-hole here. Which leaves me with, again, one of my old friends from the NFC East, Andy Reid. And the Kansas City will bore you at the Chiefs, but somehow they keep winning, and that's what they do there. They get after the quarterback. They play some good defense. Uh, Alex Smith doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He also doesn't make a ton of plays, but that's the way they like to play there, and it should be good enough to get them to 10-6 and six and make them AFC West champs in 2016. Well, there you go. So all of this was over San Diego? I mean, I don't have them in the playoffs, neither do you. But, uh, yeah, quite a quite a gap between my nine-win 
prediction and your four win total. I think they probably you always win. tell me you don't drink, but I think you lie. I mean, I honestly hey, think that, that uh, Carmen now, makes you your oatmeal and, and then she pours you a Bloody Mary. I really do. <laughs> if they go six and ten or they go seven and nine, who's wrong here? Neither one of us, but I have a feeling. Yeah, well, that's I, listen, exactly one of where us, they're I gonna think, is going to be you know really this. right. They're either going to surprise no, everybody, and you're going to be laughing Man. at me. These guys are probably a six and ten football team somewhere around there. Melvin Gordon won't rush for three and a half. Yeah, but yeah, you just picked him to go nine and seven. Get out of here! <laughs> you're hedging. You're hedging. <laughs> All right, line up your AFC playoff race for us really quick. Okay, well, number one seed, I've got the Steelers. Two seed, uh, the New England Patriots. Three seed, the Kansas City Chiefs. The four seed. The Houston Texans, which you think I'm smoking over, by the way. The yeah, five seed, lot the New York Jets. And uh, the six seed, the Oakland Raiders, returning to the playoffs. How about that? That'd be nice if that happened. My uh, seeding, I've got Cincinnati number one, New England number two, Kansas City number three, Tennessee four, Pittsburgh five, and uh, the New York Jets at number six. So taking a look at it, uh, how many teams are we – I guess I've got Tennessee and I've got, got Oakland. I've no, I've got yeah. Oakland and Houston, and you've got Tennessee and Cincinnati. Yeah. That's our big differences. There you go. Um, no Cincinnati in the playoffs. Yeah. You so I'll run that. through my playoffs quick, and then you go through yours. I would have the uh, three seed Kansas City hosting the six seed Oakland in the first round. I have Kansas City winning that game at home, home field advantage being everything when those two divisional opponents get together. Uh, then I would have the five-seed Jets going to Houston on the road and beating them. Um, I think the Jets will be a better football team uh, than, than the, the, the Texans for sure, mm-hmm. which would get us to our second-round games. Um, that would leave the number-one-seed Pittsburgh home to host the Jets. Uh, while I could see that this game being a hell of a tussle, two you know, different styles of play for sure, I see the Steelers having just enough offense to to, to score on that Jets defense and, and win the game, advancing to the AFC Championship game. And in the other game, I would have uh, the three-seed Kansas City going to the two-seed New England, and I would call for an upset there. In New England, the last few years, they always have one of those playoff games at home where something fortuitous happens or whatever. They made their own luck, however you want to call it, but they'll win the game and eke it out. I have uh, it going the other direction this time. Kansas City coming in there, getting after Brady with the pass rush, knocking him around and advancing to the AFC Championship game where they would go to Pittsburgh and play the Steelers. And I have a feeling the Steelers make their ninth trip to the Super Bowl, beating the Chiefs and uh, going to the Super Bowl, a rematch of the 2008 Super Bowl where they played the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, uh, good one there, Emil. So you've got Pittsburgh taking on Arizona in the Super Bowl. Here's how I've got this whole thing shaken out. Um, Well, the way I've got things set up, Kansas City, my three seed, would host the New York Jets in that first week uh, because I had the Jets as the sixth seed in this thing. And I've got Kansas City beating the Jets in that one. Jets go home early and quick in this one. Tennessee, my fourth seed, hosting your Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's the upset that I'm calling for. Tennessee beats Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh somehow falls apart in that contest, and Tennessee does something. I mean, I guess okay. I really like to get Marietta back there. Yeah, hey, look, crazy things happen in the NFL. This is one of them crazy things that I'm calling for. Oh, so okay. uh, I've, got, I've got Tennessee knocking over <laughs> Pittsburgh 
<laughs> I laugh as I say this, but I believe it wholeheartedly. Um, and then, so that takes us to the next week. Uh, Cincinnati would host Tennessee and, and Amel. No, I don't have Tennessee winning that game. I've got Cincinnati winning it and advancing to the next round. New England taking on Kansas City. Funny how we have that game happening, albeit in a different round, with the same outcome. I think Kansas City gets by New England in this one. Um, There's just something about Kansas City. Now, mind you, I know New England's punched them in the face in a playoff game, but I can always remember that game uh, where Brady and the boys went out to Kansas City and they got their, their heads handed to them. And I just think there's something there. I just think Kansas City. Can I make one suggestion, though, for Kansas City? Can they please lose those red pants they wear every once in a while? Uh, no chance that those things are going to get broken it kills my out. Eyes. Just watching that combination <laughs> when they stick those red pants on. Please get That's rid of them. That's not going to go okay, away. Back to your regular Red program. pants or not. Red, yeah, red, red pants or not. I've got Kansas City beating New England. Setting up an AFC championship game pitting Cincinnati against Kansas City. Hosted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Your boy Andy Dalton. The red gun rifle or whatever the hell is the name for him. I've got Cincinnati toppling Kansas City in the championship game for the American Football Conference. So Cincinnati's going to the Super Bowl where they will face the Seattle Seahawks. How about them apples? How about on Monday we decide who wins the Super Bowl? A little suspense. How about that? We'll, we'll, we'll say yeah, who we're going to we pick could. in our Super Bowl. We could indeed do that. So uh, I have Cincinnati taking on Seattle. You have Arizona taking on Pittsburgh. We'll talk about who we think those Super Bowl winners are going to be. How about that? But we need to pick some winners for these college football games this weekend. A ton, a ton of great games, and uh, that should lend itself to some pretty interesting picks. We're going to jump into a break. When we get back, it's college football prediction time. It's what you've all been waiting for. We'll do that when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. What's the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, 
they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Show football Friday edition. Just roll through some NFL predictions for 2016. Amel has uh, a Super Bowl matchup of the Arizona Cardinals versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, stop me if you've heard that game before. I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Monday, we're going to tell you who wins each one of our matchups. If you pick the Arizona Cardinals, I swear, I swear to goodness. Well, we'll have to see. We'll just have to see. The suspense is killing me. The suspense me. is killing you, right? Yeah. What also is killing me is the anticipation of this weekend's slate of college football games. It's absolutely packed and loaded. And from this, Emil and I are going to pick each our three winners for the weekend, something that you could sink your teeth into. But before we get into all those picks, Emil, we need to talk about this slate of games, man. So uh, get us started on that. Let's what are we do as we to? normally do. I will lead us through the games. If you have a pick on it, you could say, oh, just wait a few minutes and we'll go through them. I'm going to try, you know, we're we're tight on time. I'm going to try to stick to uh, games that, you know, would, would have more national interest, even if you're not a fan of so the no team. Furman so no Furman versus Michigan State? No, I'm going to skip the Boston College-Texas Tech game as well at the top of the board. Um, I, not that it's a, necessarily a bad game. It's just not one that's going to have a ton of national appeal. Uh, we'll start here at the noon game, obviously, the big one at noon, high noon. Uh, I guess it's in Reliance Stadium, I'm thinking, down there in Houston. Uh, Oklahoma is an 11.5-point favorite going down to play Houston. Um, I defer to pick on this because I had so many games on my board, it was incredible. Um, but, I, you know, I like Oklahoma in this game. And the only reason I slid it off my board is because I like four, three or four other games more because Oklahoma is being asked to cover 11.5 points on the road. But I have a feeling that that is a, a little bit of a trap. And uh, Oklahoma will, will give Houston their full attention, which will lead to them winning this game something like 41-24 or something around there. Yeah, I have to admit, um, I, I'm, I was a little – Pushed back by the line. I thought maybe Oklahoma would be 10 or 9 or 10 or something like that, given what Houston did last year. But the truth of the matter is, Houston's got a good football team. They've got a good coach. But I think they're they're going to they're going to be a little bit more hyped up this year. And whereas last year they could catch teams by surprise, that's not going to be the case. People have had an entire off season to figure out Houston, um, and they've done so with a great amount of motivation, seeing as though they were a good football team. Oklahoma being one of those teams who's Studied them pretty well, and they just think at the end of the day, Oklahoma's a better football team. They'll exhibit that in this game. And uh, I, too, expect them to win by the, the desired amount. Um, but not in, I don't like it as much as some of the other games. Um, exactly. Kind of like that's, where that's you are kind of what that. kept, That's kind of what kept me away from it. Then, uh, you know, we slide into that uh, 3.30 time slot. Uh, another game, 
I went back and forth on, and then I just said, you know what, when you really can't decide how the game's going to go, then why the hell are you trying to pick it? And that's the Texas A&M uh, Aggies at home giving three to visiting UCLA. I mean, there's a side of me in this game that likes the fact that UCLA brings in a hyped-up quarterback who can play a little bit there in Rosen. Uh, I love the UCLA secondary. I'm always concerned, though, you know, with a team like UCLA holding up in the trenches uh, against a physical team. You know, I, I saw what happened when my team decided to run the ball on them last year, and uh, they basically steamrolled them, and uh, that's a concern. I also get concerned, can they protect Rosen against those two beast uh, defensive ends from A&M. I have a feeling, if anything, in this game, if I was playing it from that perspective, I'd play under that 55 total on the game. I, I have a feeling it's going to be more of a defensive game than a lot of people think it's going to be. Yeah, well, don't want to say much here because I do have a pick on that game, so we could slide on to the next one on the board, which we don't okay. have to go far to find. Well, the next one at 3.30 that uh, is another game uh, that I could see going a bunch of different directions is this LSU Wisconsin game. LSU is uh, currently slated as a 10.5-point favorite. That game's up in Green Bay. Uh, you know, there's that side of me like you that says, hey, Wisconsin just knows how to hang in these games. They bore the hell out of you, uh, you know, whatnot. And then there's the other side that believes the hype of LSU. If I was inclined to play this game, I'd take the 10.5 points in Wisconsin because I have a feeling uh, the game will be played basically in a phone booth. LSU has trouble throwing the football. They always have, and until they show me anything otherwise, I believe that'll be the case. And Wisconsin usually does well if the game is turned into one of those, you know, physical football games with, you know, speed doesn't become a factor. So I'll take the 10.5 points. Um, yeah, I don't have a pick on this one, but I'm with you on that. If I was going to go in any direction, I think I would go with Wisconsin on this, I, you know, as we did the SEC predictions this year i'm not as high on lsu as uh, perhaps the rest of the country is people have them in the college football playoffs people have them winning the sec championship i don't see that i mean they almost fired their coach for a reason last year so i don't know about if i'm buying into all um that people are selling with lsu and even if lsu is that and they're you know going to win this football game lsu is a team you always cringe with laying double digits against a quality opponent simply because they just they just don't roll up points on people like that. They'll win with defense, they'll win with a ground game, and they'll make you sweat it out all the way to the end, which is if they're going to win this game, I think it's going to be something like that. Wisconsin can play tough uh, SEC-style football minus the speed on defense, and LSU doesn't really um, – make you need to have that speed if i could say that you know like you said it's going to be played in a phone booth a uh, real snobber knocker kind of game um, that's probably won by a touchdown by either one of these teams yep now the next one is the game i bitched about being at five thirties. i wanted to see it and it's going to run into the eight o'clock game but um you've the got georgia a bulldogs make it happen pardon you got a thumb and it make works. it happen Press the button Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll make it happen. You know, you have confidence in me. You know that. Uh, Georgia's giving three to North Carolina. I got a feeling you have a pick on this game. Do you? Of course I do. You know that. And you already know what the pick is. I'll give my pick. If, if, you know, if I was playing this game and I almost made it a pick, you know, I would take the three points at North Carolina just because of factors like a new coach at Georgia, a freshman quarterback, all those things that – you know, they are starting the freshman, I believe, right, Eason? No, they're not, actually. 
They had, oh, uh, I, well, I, I saw so, it. So they're going to start the less talented quarterback. Well, there, that's even better yet. So Apparently. <laughs> at the end yeah, of the that's, day, that's, that's I would the way probably be on North – I'd be on North Carolina in this game. I, I just I have a feeling that Pete, they're being underestimated. Uh, I know the game it's down in the Georgia Dome if I'm if I got my venue right. So it's essentially right. a home game for Georgia. That doesn't concern me as much. I, I Carolina's not that far away. The, they'll bring some fans too. But uh, I just think three points and, and the more experienced team is the way to go in this game. Now yeah, we'll uh, you got to slide, slide on, on to the next one because I do have a pick on that game. Which one? Okay, next one's USC Alabama. Uh, I'm gonna make a pick on it, so you go expound on this game. Uh, listen, not gonna go into too much depth. If I was, you know, th- I almost made this game a pick. Um, this is USC, man. You know, and Alabama's starting a brand new quarterback there, um, and they're laying almost two touchdowns in this game. I think it's a little bit disrespectful. I think it puts a lot of motivation in the hands of a USC football team that's gonna bring. A whole bunch of talent. Yes, they are too also starting a brand new quarterback. But um, I think USC deserves a little bit better than this. Maybe we're getting trapped by a line here, perhaps. But I just don't think Alabama should be 12-point favorites in this game. Maybe eight, maybe seven and a half, maybe even eight and a half. I just don't like it at 12. I just don't like it at double digits. Put a, uh, puts a lot of uh, motivation in the hands of the USC Trojans. So that's who I would go with in this game as a 12-point underdog. And then to end your Saturday night before we get to the picks, you, if you really didn't get enough football and the USC-Alabama game ends and you need to watch a second half, uh, a pretty decent team, Brigham Young, goes to a Pac-12 team, Arizona. Wait a minute. They're wait, Brigham are Young. you going you, to skip over Clemson-Auburn? Or are you, are you, oh, I, I'm sorry. can't do I that. It's the number two over. team in the country. We're sorry, That's Clemson true. fans okay. out there. Well, since I already let in, we'll go back to that. But we got BYU going, giving one and a half at Arizona. Uh, almost made this one a pick. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but I would take BYU in this game. I, 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 <laughs> I like what BYU I know you're not does. high on Arizona this year, so no shock there for me. No, 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 no shock, right? But I, I just really I, I like what BYU does. They're a pain to play. And now going back to the game I, I miss, I apologize to everyone. Clemson giving seven and a half at Auburn. That's at nine o'clock. I think I missed it because the way it goes in the rotation here on the, the mm. Vegas board. But yeah, they're giving seven and a half uh, to Auburn. Of honestly, I know it's Auburn. I know it's an SEC team at home, but I would have a hard time taking those points. I I, I want to say I'd probably lay them, but but not not with a lot of confidence. Yeah, um, I I don't think Auburn's going to have a good football season, um, and yeah, I know Clemson's going to have a good football season, and they've got a worthy Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback, a highly underrated running back, um, and they've got talent all over the field. If anyone's recruited really well over the last few years, it's been Clemson. So they're going to come in the more talented football team. The only there's two things that just bother me here is the half point added on to that seven, and then the game being at Auburn. You know. Um, they're going to have the power of that crowd behind them. So even if they start to fall behind, you know, uh, they do run a hurry-up offense. You get the crowd going. One thing happens uh, in your direction, like what happened with Tennessee last night, a play there, and, it, you know, the crowd went from completely and totally silent to, you know, out of, bonkers out of their mind, and Tennessee uh, seemed to get powered up by that. I could see something like that happening with Auburn, and they crawl back in the football game and end up losing by seven or six points. It's the only thing that bugs me about that. But I fully expect Clemson. And remember, 
this time of year is like April baseball. The team hasn't quite figured out yet that they suck, so sometimes they play over their head early in the year. I mean, you may get Auburn at the end of October, and you may, you may see them losing by 20. I don't know, but but they you know this is the opener, so they even if they're not going to have a good season, as you said, they still haven't figured out that they stink yet. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right, and that that's also a factor in it as well. All right, uh, this week, week one, I'll go first. You could follow up with your trio of picks. Or you know what? Okay. You want to go one by one? How do you want to do that? Lay them all out? Let's go, go back and forth. By? You pick a game, I'll pick a game, and then we'll summarize at the end so people can write them all down and go 6-0. and oh. Let's go. Uh, there you go. Pick number one for me is uh, UCLA and Texas A&M being played at 3:30 on Saturday. Uh, one of the one of the most one of the more anticipated games of the day. Uh, you know, Josh Rosen is talks talked about a lot. Um, a solid quarterback performed well as a freshman. I think there's a little bit too much um, going on there with Josh Rosen. A little bit too much shine on that star, and I think Texas A&M is all lathered up to knock it off. And uh, they, they, you've got those two defensive ends, as you mentioned. They're going to play good defense, and they're also going to bring some offense as well, although they've you know, had all kinds of situations going on at the quarterback position. I just think this is a tough game for UCLA on the, you know, in, in this particular game at Kyle Field where you know it's very, very difficult to uh, go and play. I just think it might be a little bit too much for UCLA early in the season. I like Texas A&M as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, with Josh Rosen being the big talking story and whenever you have uh, a quarterback getting all that kind of um, luster and talk about, I think people are going to run to the window to grab UCLA as an underdog, and that's going to be the wrong thing to do. So I'm Don't rip Texas yourself off a half-point, Chad. There are, there are three. You can give yourself well, three. Well, even, even better, I'm going to take Texas A&M as a three-point favorite in this game over UCLA. Okay. First pick is my adopted team, even though they're not my favorite team. I, I'm going to take uh, the Florida Gators in this opener, and you know really? I know last few years, all yeah, points. they've. Pl- I'm going to lay all the points. I, mean, I know they've you know underperformed in openers re- in recent history, and I'm going to lay 36 points at home against UMass. Wow. Um, I, I think Florida is going to send a message in this game. You know that the, the the last game of last season, the last couple games of last season took the luster off what was a, a really good season for a team that was kind of ahead of schedule last year. They finally have a guy who they they feel confident in the quarterback. I love the defense at Florida. I love what they do. Um, and and I, I just can't see UMass scoring very much in this game, which was always a key when you're going to lay 36 points. You know, a UMass isn't going to crack 14 in my mind. Um, so I could see Florida easily getting into the 50s. You know, I've got something like, you know, 55-10 written all over this uh Gators rule at home. Wow. Um yeah, that's that's a that's a lot of points, but you know, listen, you're on record as saying you really like the Florida Gators this year, so that would fit in with that. All right, I'm going to move on to my next game. We did touch on it. It's another one of the big games and I'm 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 big game chat this this weekend <laughs> going with all the big ones. North Carolina taking on Georgia. Uh Listen, Georgia's going to start off with a brand-new head coach here in Kirby Smart. Uh, they're not starting off with a brand-new quarterback, but he's probably the better one. They're going to go with Grayson Lambert over Jacob Eason. And I thought I did see somewhere, more than one place, that Jacob Eason was going to start. And uh, I just find out yesterday they're going with Grayson Lambert. So 
Um, I don't think they're too sure at that quarterback position. They do have two outstanding running backs in Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. I just think that I, that's not going to be enough for Georgia. I don't know that they're going to be able to hold down North Carolina because North Carolina can put up points in bunches. And uh, while Georgia is not, they're going to play better defense than most teams in the ACC. I just think that North Carolina machine on offense is going to end up being too much for Georgia, uh, especially in Kirby Smart's first game. That's a tough assignment for him. So I like North Carolina uh, as a three. I'm so glad I can get points in this because I really thought North Carolina would be a slight favorite in this game. I'm on record for saying I think North Carolina is going to have a big year, and um, so there's no way I can have them losing this opener. So uh, let me get North Carolina <clears throat> as a three-point underdog. All right, taking some points. My next game, I'm going to roll out to the great Northwest, and I'm going to lay a ton of points again. I'm going to take the University of Washington, giving 27 points to just put one on Rutgers. Uh, yeah, I really Washington, thought about doing that as well. So, Yeah, despite despite being 7-6 and six last year, Washington played the best defense in the Pac-12. Their problem was they were a little bit offensively challenged. They bring back four of those offensive linemen, and they played a true freshman at quarterback last year. That should start to pay dividends this year. I see them being able to score much more easily than they did last year. They have a really good running back there. Um, they're just a solid football team, well coached. And Rutgers has to make this trip. Uh, you know, it's just a tough hey, trip to begin that like with. Like these guys don't want to play football. Washington's never been an easy place to play, and when the team gets better as it's gets, as it's trending, it gets very loud, almost like uh, Oregon's field. Washington was always the team you didn't want to play back in the day in the Pac-10, uh, back in the 70s and 80s. Oregon stunk, but Washington with Don James had that loud stadium, and, and I could see that starting to happen again there, and I just this, this one just feels like 56-17 or something like that. How does that sound for a score? Yeah, that's a that's a lot of points. I mean, I, I don't know if Washington's going to fly that way this year. I think they'll probably play better defensively. But um, yeah, I, I almost made that a pick as well. I just don't think Rutgers is going to survive out west like that. So, um, nope. a thumbs up for me on that pick. All right, I'm going to uh, Sunday. It's Notre Dame in Texas. You and I are both uh, fans of Charlie Strong, and uh, you know we we like kind of, sort of, the direction he's heading in with Texas. We still need to see exactly what's going on. I think it's too soon for them to be given this kind of respect in this game. I think Notre Dame's an underrated football team this year. They're one of the four teams that I have in the playoffs um, at at the end of the year. And uh, Texas, I think they keep moving in the right direction, but I just don't know that they're three points away from Notre Dame um, right now. And, And I just think Notre Dame's being undersold. Uh, Brian Kelly's done an outstanding job with Notre Dame. He's even got out, guys. Chad. Um, you got another hanging Chad. They're three and a half point favorites. You got to lay that hook. Well, I, it's not going to really matter to me in this game. I think Notre Dame is going to, you know, win the game solidly. So the half point right there doesn't really mean all that much. I think, I think they're probably uh, anywhere from uh, ten to fourteen point victor in this game. I could see Texas is going to play their defense. I just think Notre Dame's going to have too much for them there. And then also, you know, Notre Dame can play defense as well. Texas struggles offensively. And while I think by the end of the year Texas will be better offensively, it's going to be tough for them in the start. So uh, as three-and-a-half-point favorites, I think Notre Dame's being severely undersold here. They bring back um, a solid quarterback. Whether, whether Either one of those guys step in there. They're experienced. They're solid. Nice receiving core. Uh, they're going to be able to run the football. And they've got, they've got more talent. Uh, 
right now than a Texas football team. So I'm going to take Notre Dame as a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus Texas on Sunday. I, I like that pick. You know what? I almost made it a pick. Again, you notice I almost made a lot of games picks, uh, which is <laughs> you have to throw some of them out. But I had a feeling this, this one just feels 30 to 13-ish to me. Yeah. Just feel yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, there you go. Takes me to the marquee game of the day. We talked about it a little earlier. We have Alabama playing my Trojans, laying 11.5 points. And early when this game line got posted a few weeks ago, I got the feeling that, you know, Alabama would, would pull away late and grind it out. But, you know, when they open a game at 9, 9.5, and, and all of a sudden it goes to 11.5, that tells me that the public is 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 buying everything the media is selling on Alabama. And listen, they've won four of the last seven championships, so no disrespect to Alabama, but they replaced a lot on that team from last year. I mean, and I know the kids that they have are all four and five star players. I get that, but they defensive lines in the NFL. Uh, you know, they have two or three offensive linemen gone, a new quarterback, yada yada yada, Heisman Trophy winning running back. I mean. They'll be good. There's no doubt about it. But as you said, I mean, this is still USC. I mean, they've recruited in the top ten, even in, in an average period in their program in the last five years. They've been the top ten every year recruiting. They're going to bring players to this game that can play with Alabama. And I just think as that line shoots up, it becomes some bulletin board material as if they needed more motivation. You know, they're almost being treated like Virginia Tech. I mean, And let's yeah. not forget, Alabama – Alabama's opened with Virginia Tech uh, as as a big favorite and won by 10 points. If you go back and look at Alabama when these Power 5 games come and they play them, they've won them, but they've won a couple by 10 points, and then last year they pulled away late and won by 18 against Wisconsin. I'm taking 11.5 points here. I just think USC will play this game balls to the wall, and they have the talent to play with Alabama. I'm not calling for an outright win, but you're not asking for an outright win. You're just asking them to hang within – basically a couple touchdowns, and I think they will. Uh, what, what do you have as a line there? Eleven and a half to the Trojans. All right. Um, yeah, well, you know, as I said when we were previewing these games, uh, I'm with you on that one. I just think this is a tall order for uh, Alabama, uh, fresh off of a championship, so you got the pressure of that. You got a brand-new quarterback there. Um, and then there's the whole Lane Kiffin factor. Um, I would tend to think that those guys on USC staff – know Lane Kiffin fairly well, know what he likes to do, and we'll have a good beat on that. And, you know, maybe Lane, uh, maybe it's a little bit too much pressure for him going back, taking on USC. That's a little bit of a dynamic that needs to be And let me throw a little there. angle at you there, too. Let me throw a little angle. And you, you mentioned this when he got fired two and a half, two years ago, whatever it was. He got fired because the team quit on him in that game at Arizona State. I mean, they allowed 62 points and lost 62 to 41. They just basically said, we're done. Um there's probably some older guys on this team, if that's what happened, that may not be big Lane Kiffin fans. I can't say that for certain. I'm just guessing by their actions when he was the coach. So, um, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, th- there's an angle there that that you know is going to be an interesting aside to uh, the action happening on the football team. So, 
Um, you know, so why that, don't you recap that, your picks since we went back and forth? Give give your three. I'll give my three before we go off the air. My here. my my big three for this first week of college football is I've got Texas A&M at home as a three point favorite against the much hyped UCLA Bruins who are making that visit. I've got North Carolina. I think being disrespected, getting three points in their game against Georgia, a whole ACC SEC thing at work there, and then I've got. Uh, an undersold Notre Dame fighting Irish team is only three and a half point favorites when they go to take on Texas down in the Lone Star State. Those are my three. And, and for me, I'm I'm first laying a ton of points with the Florida Gators, giving 36 at home against UMass. Uh, then I'm going out to the Great Northwest and laying another bunch of points with the Washington Huskies, giving 27 to the visiting uh, Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And then finally in the big game of the day at 8 p.m., I'm taking the USC Trojans and all of those 11.5 points to hang around and play a good game against Alabama. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what we've got there. Read them and weep, or maybe not. Uh, I think we've got 3-0. and We don't oppose each other on anything. Could be a grand no, old stick no, weekend. No opposition. Here. Yeah, no uh, we tend to do pretty well, well with this stuff. Um, college football has been my thing in the past. NFL football has been Amos' thing in the past. All right, before we end this segment, let's jump out to the phone lines and see what our callers have to say. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. What's up, guys? It's Kenny. How you doing, man? It's Kenny in the house. Kenny, how are you, buddy? Pretty good, pretty when- good. Getting ready for the new season, man. That's all. When the predictions come out, Kenny makes an appearance. So um, you must have some games you really like here, and we always find those interesting. What do you got for us this week? Yeah, um, I got some of the same games that you got this week, Chad, but um, you'll, hear, you'll hear my three. Hit them. Well, you better, you, better, you better lay them out there because we're going off the air. My first one, I got Wisconsin. I got Wisconsin playing LSU. I'm taking Wisconsin. Um like like Chad was talking about before, last year they were on the verge of getting rid of Les Miles, and I just think you know Wisconsin they got a bunch of uh, they got a great defense this year. I like some of their kids from South Florida, like um, uh, Sojourn Shelton and Dante Carey Williams in that secondary. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna do a good job, and like you say, LSU is not the type of team that runs away from anyone. The game's in Wisconsin. Clemens is gonna have a good game on the ground. It's gonna be a ground and pound kind of game. I'm taking Wisconsin to cover. I think LSU is probably going to win the game, though. Right. What, uh, what's the, what's we, we, agree, we agree with game. you on that pick, Kenny. We just didn't make it a pick, but we both previewed that game the same way. So, okay, what do you got next? My next game, I'm, I'm with Chad. I like Notre Dame against uh, Texas and Charlie Strong. Um, I know there, I know when you when you have two quarterbacks, you really don't have one. But Texas, just they're just not ready for that type of game yet. I know it, it's in – it's in Austin, but I just think that Notre Dame is just – they're a little overrated this year, but I just think that they'll, 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 they're going to take care of Texas easily. Um, I just see this game not even really being close in the second half. I know they blew them out last year. I expect to see something along the same lines this year. I'm, I'm taking Notre Dame. Kenny, I can't All get right. the visions of what, of what TCU and other teams did in spots to Texas the last couple of years out of my head, so I agree with you. Until I see Texas become Texas again, I just don't see it being that close of a game. All right, what's and your then, last one? My last game, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Carolina against Georgia, and I'm going to go against, against you, Chad, and I'm going to take Georgia in this game. 
How about that? I think you're a, a confessed uh, SEC hater. Can I say that? You can say that for sure. North Carolina. <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting. Explain yourself, young man. Well, like you said, originally they were slated to put uh, Easton to start the game, but I think Lambert, he may not be a great quarterback, but he's a seasoned quarterback. And in these types of games, you don't you want to have somebody that, that's been on, on the field before. The game is in Georgia. There's a lot of a hype going around Georgia this year with the new coach. They want to probably, you know, start off – Start off the season with a bang. It's almost like a home game. Well, everyone wants to start the year off with a bang. Come on now. Um, I like North Carolina those past few years with Marquise Williams, but Trubisky, I just a lot. He's getting a lot of hype that I just I I don't see it personally. Mm-hmm. I think this is the type of game you want someone you want to be able to have a a good defense and a strong running game. Nick Chubb is gonna have he's gonna want to prove himself again this year. I know he's playing on Saturday. I like Georgia in this one to cover. All right, so quick rundown. He likes Wisconsin uh, as a 10.5-point underdog, Notre Dame 3.5-point favorite over Texas, and Georgia as a 3-point favorite over North Carolina. Kenny, as always, appreciate you calling into the Gridiron Stud Show, man. We'll see how you did next week. Keep track of my picks for me. I want to call every week. I want to see how we're doing at the end of the year. Well, wait, right, you Kenny. track your picks. we got a job for you. you got to track yeah, your picks and give us your record when you call next week. We'll make sure that you're not lying when you call in. How about that? Sounds good. Take All right, take man. Care, Enjoy guys. the weekend. Enjoy the great college football weekend. All right. And real quick, we'll head out and talk to my man, Les. Uh, give us your thoughts, man, before we head into a break right here. What's going on, Les? What's going on? What's going on? How y'all gentlemen doing today? Man, who have you been yelling at? Where's your voice, my friend? Stop yelling at those man, people. I'm, co- I'm coaching my son's first year of football, man, so. Uh, getting these young, out-of-shape kids to understand the importance of getting in shape. You know, playing at 100%. Um, I like all the picks this week. Um, uh, I'm really high on certain things because, of, I guess, I got some insight on some things. Uh, Priest Willis transferred from UCLA. He was an All-American cornerback. Um, and I think he's going to show his behind against the Bruins this weekend. So I'm going to take uh, the Texas A&M Aggies. Um, mm. And I'm going to follow suit with Amo. Uh got a kid up there named, uh, up in Washington named um, Byron. Um, what's Byron's last name? Um, kid out of Seguro out here in Arizona, cornerback. Uh, very talented kid, man. Kid got a great work ethic. Uh, he's going to play as a freshman, true freshman. Uh, so I look forward for him having a great game. And uh, I had the opportunity to train a kid named Derek Gore. He's a backup running back for Alabama, number 33. Uh, he came and worked out with me for two days and went back to camp and was in the top top five of every category that was trained uh, by the uh, Alabama uh, strength conditioning uh, team. So I look forward for Derek having a late touchdown and uh, pushing that spread to where it needs to be. And uh, those are my three for this week. Um, like I said, yeah, I'm a little horse man for coaching these kids, but, you know, I'm finally back on the sidelines again, man, trying to help. Well, good, man. I'm glad you're able to get uh, get back into that whole thing and, uh, you know, do a little bonding with your son. Tr- trust me, I could write a book on that. In fact, I just might one day, man. So good to hear that. You got your picks in. I know you're gonna be uh you're gonna be watching some football this weekend like all the rest of us. 
Correct, correct. You know, I will be tuning in. Tonight, my Spartans get it in today. So, you know. Is that what you're calling that Wes, game against Purdue? Wes, I promise I will blow up your phone Saturday night during during the USC game. I bet you will. Hey, I love it, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. Hey, Neither one of y'all call me because you know where I am. I've got uh, I'll be in Gainesville in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, and I've got Sprint. So none of your calls will get through. Yeah, yeah you I won't get be getting text. any text messages. <laughs> no, not a damn thing. Uh, now I might get a text. Uh, like I'll get hey. one a quarter that'll come in. Hey, this is the new slogan. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, that's really, really what it should be, man. But Les, hey, he claims you Sprint. That in, guy man. moved, Les. He, the, the guy who did those commercials is with Sprint now. That, that's Ain't why that I something. said that. Can you hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Les, man. We got to let you go. Got to take a break. I got to let Amo go as well. Um, that's that's the end of his road. When I get back, a real short segment here on uh, local high school football down here in uh, the state of Florida to wrap up the Football Friday show. Amos, say goodbye to all the friends. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good football weekend. Enjoy. We'll see you hey, on by the uh, way, man, we doing a show uh, Monday way, or Tuesday. Uh, we're we're going to try and do a show Monday uh, if if okay. you can hang. You know, if it, your weekend wasn't too bad. What are you eating on Saturday as you watch all these? Will you be eating and what are you eating? You well, pizza eating or you and drinking. I, I will definitely have some pizza nearby. It's, it's a, you need to have pizza in the Northeast when you're watching football. And I, I'm going to go with bourbon, my friend. I'm going to need bourbon yeah, for the well, USC game. No, I, yeah. no shock there that you're going with the bourbon. We know that is your uh, liqueur of choice. So um, no shock there, man. So I'll be thinking about you while I'm in there in Ben Hill Griffin and uh, checking the scores uh, in that USC-Alabama game. Uh, so... Uh, definitely. Cue up the DVR. I'll talk to you on Monday. All right, my man. Amos out of here. I'm too, but I'll be back right after the break. Talk a little high school football. We'll be back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, hey, hey! Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. 
Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. This beat is self-self-rich, All right, we're back for a final segment on Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. We talked professional football. We gave our predictions for the AFC this week, both Amel and I. And then we gave out our college football picks, three from me, three from Amel, and then we had a couple of our guests call in. But uh, we're going to wrap this up with a quick talk about high school football down here in the state of Florida. As you know, we've uh, had a tropical storm uh, or a little mini hurricane come through the uh, northern part of the uh, of the state, and it's uh, wreaked a little bit of havoc on the schedule. So there are going to be uh, there's several cancellations that have happened already, and some others that are going to continue to come in. So I'm not entirely sure which games are going to be able to go off today, and which aren't. But just looking at some of the matchups that we have uh, going on uh, this tonight in uh, high school football down here in the state of Florida, you know. Uh, with the focus being on South Florida, Flanagan is taking on Coconut Creek. Uh, Flanagan coming off of uh, a shortened game last week in which they came up a loser against Oxbridge, a chance for Flanagan to get back on the horse and get things done. They take on Coconut Creek. Uh, Huge favorites in that game. Fully expect Flanagan to uh, get their first win of the season here and battle back from the loss that they had last week against, uh, against Oxbridge. So, uh, looking for them to get back uh, to where they were last year. Those are your defending state 8A champions here in the state of Florida. So uh, looking for them to get back. Alien Plantation, listen, if you're my age, you remember both of these programs being big-time programs in Broward County. Uh, both of them are, you know, sliding back in the opposite direction. Plantation got their heads handed to them last week. Ely, Ely's been in a bit of a struggle. They made it to the playoffs last year, I think, with two or three wins. That's going to be an interesting game. Based on what I saw last week, I think Ely's probably your team that's going to get the win in this contest against Plantation. But both teams very far away from where they have been in the past. MacArthur and Western, um, two teams trying to get you know, clean the programs up, get things going a little bit more headed in the right direction. Uh, you know, um, MacArthur has been uh, a program that's accomplished some things in the past. Western's just always teetered uh, either at the line of average or below average. I think MacArthur uh, probably a little bit further ahead right now. I like them to win that game over Western. Uh, St. Thomas, the big game in 7A. Uh, you know, everyone knows what happened in their game last week, a real back and forth with Booker T., in a you know much hyped up matchup at Traz Powell Stadium, and Booker T won the game in the waning moments. There was a little bit of controversy there. Did Trayvon Grimes get in with that uh, final pass or not? And at the end, uh, an interception by Booker T sealed the win for them as uh, St. Thomas took a loss in their opener. They did win their kickoff classic against Dillard, but those don't count down here towards your win-loss record. So 
in a strange um, happening. St. Thomas right now is uh, a team below 500. That won't be for long. I think they uh, will beat Miramar tonight. Miramar, uh, an 8A football team that's uh, also a very proud program, but not quite what they've been uh, a couple of years ago, and they're going to face a a very angry St. Thomas team, and I fully expect St. Thomas to get back on the horse and uh, get the win tonight when they take on uh, Miramar, who's been a pain in their side. Uh, over the last few years, but I just don't think that's going to materialize here tonight. Miami Central, always got to talk about them. They're taking on Killian. Killian's been a solid program over the years, but they've just been decimated in the offseason by transfers. Um, No chance, I think, here for Killian to win this game. They're just trying to keep it within four or five touchdowns, which I'm not so sure they're going to be able to do. Central's got things to prove, especially with the, the other you know, their rival, Booker T, kicking off the year in such grand fashion. You know, Central's highly motivated, and I think they're going to take some things out um, on on Killian, who's uh, really not in the greatest position to defend themselves. So look for a blowout in that one as Central takes on Killian. 5A, got to talk about our game tonight. We uh, welcome Don Bosco and we being American Heritage, uh, the one in Plantation, not Delray. Going to host Don Bosco Prep, the uh, reigning state champs up there in New Jersey. Always a solid program. A program that's handed uh, St. Thomas back-to-back losses in their last two meetings. They come down tonight. We're going to take on American Heritage. Of course, I feel we're going to win that football game. And um, But it's 7.30 tonight. Uh, down there on West Broward Boulevard, you find yourself with uh, nothing to do or something not that great to do, come out and check out the game as uh, we invite the boys down from New Jersey to take us on um, American Heritage versus Don Bosco Prep. Hallandale, uh, what to make of that team? Uh, went to the semifinals in 5A last year, um, decimated by graduation. Uh, head coach leaves, you don't expect much, and they go off and pull off a thriller last week against uh against against Deerfield and uh you know if you haven't seen it yet on Twitter just a prayer of a pass to the end zone and Hallandale happened to catch it and win. Are they gonna be too giddy and too high for that game when they take on Diller? Diller didn't show much in uh their preseason matchup against St. Thomas. Um what are they gonna come out and get done? Perhaps it's a close game, uh having a lot to do with Hallandale just being a little bit too giddy over the win last week, uh, but I think at the end of the day, Hallandale's probably your better team in this one, and they come out with the victory. Sliding on over to Class 4A, uh, Edison had been lying dormant for a while, uh, but dormant no more. Uh, they're doing things down there at Edison, um, and uh, I think they come out and get a victory tonight versus a Homestead team who was once something. You listen, if you're down here in South Florida, it's hard for you to really know What's what if you're not paying attention? A team that used to be great can suddenly go to not so good at all, quick, fast, and in a hurry. All you need are a couple of, uh, you know, quick transfers. So um, I think uh, that's what you've got going on with Homestead, and you've got Edison being the recipient of some good transfers and uh, some attention being paid to the program. I think Edison comes out and gets uh, a pretty easy win over Homestead. A big one in Class 4A on a national scale, Bishop Gorman, who's now the new number one, in uh, all of the country is uh, taking on Coco. Coco, um, you know, a nice battle last week. Bishop Gorman feeling themselves. I think Bishop Gorman 
I think they're going to win this football game, and I think they're going to find Coco to be a little bit more than what they expected. Bishop Gorman, nationally televised game last week, um, coming back with another one here. Um, they may not be entirely prepared for what Coco is going to bring, a lot of quickness, a lot of heart. Um, they play for real out there in Coco. And so while I think Bishop Gorman in the end is just going to have too much for Coco, I think this is going to be a pretty a closer football game than people believe. Uh, Booker T. Washington, uh you know, a real letdown in terms of a game after playing both American Heritage and then St. Thomas now takes on Monsignor Pace. Perhaps they aren't at kicking at all levels right there as they try to relax a little bit, but it wouldn't even matter. Uh, Pace nowhere ready to be able to take on uh, Booker T. Washington. So I think that's going to be a lopsided, one-sided contest. Down in 3A, and this is probably about as low as I'm going to go because we're going to take off here, but Chaminade has got a game against North Miami Beach. Uh, I think Chaminade um, wins this one. I think it'll be a pretty nice game, but I think Chaminade's going to come out and do what they got to do. We had a game last night in this division, uh, in this class, and it was Oxbridge taking on Carroll City, and a bit of a surprise, I guess you could say. Oxbridge did get the win in a close one over Carroll City. Carroll City 0-2 to start the season. So that's just our brief talk. Next week, I'm going to have um, I'm, I'm going to have Joshua Wilson from Florida, hsfootball.com, uh, on with me to talk about the entire state of Florida. It does a really good job of uh, talking about things all the way from the panhandle down to the Keys. This man has his pulse on it, so we'll be a little bit more in-depth next week as we talk high school football here in the state of Florida. Well, that's it for me. That's it for the Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, we laid out some predictions for you in the NFL. We got some picks for you. Uh, from college football. There's a lot of great games this week and a little touch on high school football. We did it all here on the Football Friday edition. And, again, appreciate you listening. Join us on Mondays. We recap the weekend's events and uh, we recap our picks. But right now, thank you for making this a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. And for Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. See you on Monday. high school recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.